Hello and welcome to the Evangel Church Small Group Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Bobby Nemeth, and I'm so excited for our eighth podcast in this sermon series on Rooted. It's all about being in the fruit of the Spirit, and today we're talking about gentleness. And this to me is one of the most challenging, actually, topics that we came across um, because there's a number of things about gentleness that... Uh, when you first come to it, you're kind of like, mm, do I really want to be gentle? Uh, you know, usually we think of gentleness as weakness. And so, so many people get turned off to that idea. Like, who wants to be weak? People want to be strong. I mean, what does it say in the scriptures in Isaiah? You know, we will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not grow faint. But we will rise up with wings like eagles, right? This is the promise of the people of God. And, and then to be gentle? What is this? And really, when we're talking about gentleness, we're not talking about weakness. And I think that's one of the first things, uh, you know, one of those myths that we need to dispel immediately, because that's probably the first thing that's coming into so many people's minds when they're thinking about this topic. So rather than thinking about weakness, what we really should be thinking about is this idea of submission or humility. These words are actually, in the original language, are actually synonyms with the idea of gentleness that we find here. And so gentleness is more about power being perfectly restrained. It's about not being arrogant. It's about not being boastful or proud. And it's significant that when we look at the person of God, what he is is the embodiment of gentleness. Though that word is actually never used to describe God in the entirety of the Old Testament because the people couldn't think of God taking on this servanthood position, but actually he had this gentle power being restrained uh, consistently uh, throughout the uh, throughout the Old Testament. He has the ability to speak words and then universes come into being. Uh, he has the ability to, uh, you know, wipe out entire nations with just the thought. And, and what does he do? He calls a people to be his own, and he is long-suffering with them, and he leads them out of their oppression and their bondage when people turn to them. And, and so he's continually, when he could just strike them uh, in, in, a, in an instant and be a righteous judge, rather, he chooses... Uh, a different path, one of forgiveness, one of love, and this really embody is the embodiment ultimately of gentleness. But it's when we get to the person of Jesus in a powerful passage like Matthew chapter 11, where we see this language being used of God, because remember who Jesus is. He's the image of the invisible God. That's what Colossians tells us about him. Uh, what does John say? I think it's John 14, 8 or 9. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And this is what he says. Come to me in verse 28 of Matthew uh, 11. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And there you see the synonym going on there. And you will find Find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so for me, this is one of those really powerful moments where, where we get to see, oh my gosh, if we're looking at Jesus, if we, can, if we can say it about Jesus, then we can say it about God. And if we can't 
say it about um, Jesus, then we shouldn't say it about God. And too often people want to do that kind of stuff, but enough of the apologetics aside, uh, the point here is that Jesus is humble, he is gentle, he's willing to take on the form of a servant. The, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And these are some really powerful identity statements about the person of God uh, and about the person of Jesus. And so when we come to these, actually, we need to look to Jesus as our example of what gentleness looks like. And there are a number of passages that you're going to look at this week that are going to talk about um, gentleness. And ultimately, let me tell you this, because this is just such a great, great idea. Really, the proving ground of gentleness is where you have influence. Um, because when you have influence, you can put power over people, you can lord over people, you can be arrogant, you can be boastful, you can be proud in all of those moments. But really, gentleness is when you choose not to go that way, but you choose to take the other road of being humble, of being a servant, and being like Jesus, as we're going to see in a few moments. So this week, really the goal of this week, is about that we would embody the gentleness that Christ displayed in humbling himself by taking on the form of a servant. And that's just coming right out of Philippians chapter 2, which is one of our focal chapters here. And so the big idea is that gentleness flows from a humble heart that's submitted to God. And until we can submit our lives to God, really gentleness will not flow in humility, but rather what we're going to do is we're going to seek our own plan in our own way, and we're going to try and do it the way that we choose to do it. And you think about this with Jesus as being the Messiah, right? So many people, and while there were, the views about Messiahship were varied in the Second Temple period when Jesus was around, one of the dominant views was the military Messiah, uh, one who would come and overthrow the powers in, in a great military victory. But Jesus didn't do that. But rather, what did he do? He came lowly and humble on a donkey when he rode into Jerusalem, saying that there's a different path. Why? And what was he preaching? He wasn't preaching war. He was preaching peace. Um, and, and that becomes this really powerful moment uh, that Jesus is willing to submit to these different ideas of what it means to be Messiah rather than conform to what the people think the Messiah should be like. And so as we're starting the conversation this week, uh, it, it, since it's really surrounded about serving and humility, I think one of the great conversation starters that you could talk about is what was the most powerful or memorable serving experience you ever had? Um, and, and for me, I've had a lot of, uh, of powerful experiences in serving. I could go back to times when uh, I served on some of my first missions trips in Jamaica. We were serving the poverty-stricken country, uh, the poverty-stricken areas there, and orphanages, and just reaching out to those people and holding, and, and kids just coming up to you and just grabbing on your leg and just wanting to be held and loved on. I mean, to me, that's just some of the most memorable things. I think about uh, going into hospitals and, and just praying with people and and. and and sharing the gospel of Jesus uh, with them. I think about my time teaching in Sudan. Uh, so there's all these moments where I, I, you know, where I could think back to. But I'll tell you one of the most powerful ones for me conti- that I continually wrap my mind around is, um, is service for service. I think it's one of the most beautiful things we do. Um, and, that, and that's something memorable. But also Christmas blessings. Um, being able to help families who wouldn't be able to ne- necessarily give gifts to their families 
uh, and we get to help them have a, have a great Christmas. And to me, that's probably the most one of the more memorable things that we get to do. But I got a lot of them. Uh, I love serving, and uh, I think it's really important. And it's one of the things that we encourage everyone to do here at Evangel. We encourage you all to attend, to connect in a small group environment, and to serve. So you're attending on Sunday mornings, uh, maybe on Wednesday nights during our prayer meeting, uh, connecting in a small group, and you're all leading a small group, and I'm super excited about that, and then ultimately uh, serving, and, and you're serving a, as well, and that's awesome that you're serving in this position here, and there's other opportunities to serve in the church, and I know some of you do that, and very proud of you for just kind of, you know, falling into that rhythm that we that we like to see people um get involved with. And so uh, you're going to want to, after sharing some time about that, you're going to want to take some time, just, you know, reflect on the sermon. You know, did Pastor Chris say anything that spoke to you during the sermon? Were you challenged by anything? What did you learn about God that you did not previously know? Um, And it's not God, it's gentleness. And I think I made a typo there. Oh, I'm very sorry. But it's what did you uh, learn about gentleness that you previously did not know? That's what it's supposed to be. I'm very sorry about that. Um, And so then after that... uh, it's, it's uh, after sharing about the sermon time, and you could just spend all your time there. If you don't go any further than that spot, that's totally fine, but you may want to go to these other passages. Uh, I know my group on Sunday night, we normally don't get much past past uh, the, the sharing part because we're just coming right out of the sermon, and so there's just so much fresh in our mind, but some of you groups that meet later in the week, this may be more of a challenge, so um, that, that, so, you know, this is all just here to help you and to help lead your group. So uh, in terms of looking at the passage, one of the fo- key passages this week, one of the focal passages is Philippians 2, 1 through 11. And while I'm not going to read the whole passage, I think there, there are some key parts there. Uh, in verse 3, he, yeah, uh, Paul writes, Don't do anything from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is really one of these powerful moments where God is seen um, not in power, not in triumph, but rather triumph is seen through loss. It's seen through humility. It's seen through being a servant, and this is ultimately the embodiment of what gentleness looks like. Gentleness is the embodiment of where one has perfect power in submission. It's where where one could be boastful or arrogant or proud. They choose to do the other, and that's when they're, and that's when gentleness is expressed here. And so in this passage, Paul is setting the example of how Christians should live in relationship to one another by looking at what Christ did in becoming a servant. And you see that in verse seven. So how does this example of Christ help to inform our relationships with one another? And this is one of these powerful text to self, text to world questions, um, because too often we want to just fall into the world's way of doing things. Uh, you know, uh, I think Jesus says it at one time, you, you know, the Gentiles lord over each other, but among you, this should not be so, right? There is a different way of doing things in the kingdom of God, and it and it begins with the inversion that's supposed to take place, that the last shall be first and the first shall be last, um, 
that it is the meek who will inherit the earth. It's And that's actually the same word for gentle. So it's the gentle who will inherit the earth. It's not the strong. It's not the warrior. It's not the mighty person. But it's the person who is gentle in God's eyes. Is the person who shouldn't be inheriting it. Why? Because these are the people who put their trust in God uh, and they don't put their trust in the things of the world. Uh, and so, um, but ultimately... I think the example of Christ helps us to, to inform our relationships when we look at verse 3 and 4, right? Christ didn't do anything from selfishness or empty conceit. He had humility and regarded others as more important than himself. And you can actually see examples of that, and that's where the next question goes. Where else do you see this teaching in the New Testament? Are people practicing it? I'm just going to give you one example. In John uh, 13, 5, uh, what do we see Jesus doing? He bends down, takes the form of a servant, and washes his disciples' feet. Uh, Pastor Chris and I, as we were talking about this, this is the idea he came up with. He said, some of you can't wrap your minds around this because for you, meekness is weakness. And you were trained through your experience and even hurts in life to not show weakness or vulnerability. But notice this, that the hands that shape the universe take water and pour it over feet and begin washing the dirt off of them, washing the grime off of them. And when you do that, when you put on gentleness, when you... put on meekness, when you take the form of a servant, you're stepping into his example. The hands that that did everything wound up coming, bending down and taking on the form of a servant to wash people's feet. And so he continues, don't merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. And when you do that, and when you're not boastful, arrogant, or proud, what happens? You wind up submitting yourself to the plan of God, just as Jesus did. And, uh, and, and you wind up this, this showing Christ to the world around you. Powerful, powerful, powerful expression of love, mercy, and compassion. And you can look all over the New Testament for that. You can find it in Luke chapter uh, 14, uh, verses 7 through 11, and that's about the table seating, about where you should sit at the table. First uh, Peter 5, 5 through 7 talks about uh, this as well. Uh, some, so some really important passages there. But go to any passage that you could think of, um, in, in terms of serving or in terms of humility, in terms of not being boastful or arrogant or proud or any of these things, some great moments that you could spend doing that. Um, and then moving into the next session, making it personal, asking some really deep, um, you know, text the self and text the world questions. You know, we, we, we see John the Baptist. He had a powerful ministry. He saw many people repent and be baptized. And yet when he encounters the ministry of Jesus, he's willing to submit to God's plan saying, he must increase and I must decrease. And you see that in John 3.30. If gentleness and humility is about submitting our power to God's plan, what areas of our lives, our marriages, our parenting, our work, our ministries, etc., is he calling us to submit and release ourselves over to him? Because again, we have all these ideas about what it should look like in our marriages in terms of headship. And um, but, but it's not meant to be lording over. I mean, when Paul talks about the headship in a marriage, what does he say? Husbands, love your love your wives as Christ loved the church who loved them and gave his body up for the church. I mean, that's a powerful inversion of what it means to love, that you're willing to give your whole self over to the other, not to be the head so you can lord over them, but to be the head so that you can give yourself over to them. Uh, and, and, and in your parenting, you know, don't bring your children to exasperation to where they want to give up and lose the faith so that they won't lose heart. So there's some really powerful ideas here that we 
have to do. And, and then work, should we be lording over uh, our servants? No, but rather we should be, you know, realizing that we have a master in heaven who's God and we have to realize that we all have to answer to him ultimately in our ministries. How are we serving the people who maybe serve uh, with us or underneath us or even above us? Um, we have to release whatever our plans are to God's plans and ultimately submit to him. And so these become some really powerful areas that we can, we can think about. Uh, the second question here, gentleness is displayed in relationships with other people, particularly in areas of influence. Talked about that earlier. And it is about having restrained power. Are there any areas in my, in my life that I find to be sharp or rough? How can we yield ourselves to God so that we can become more like Christ? Um, and I think these are moments where, where we have to talk about real practical uh, steps that we can take um, when we find ourselves being sharp or rough. I... I I come from a family that likes rising escalation. So as one person gets loud, the next person gets louder. And then, you know, you just keep toppling upon it. And then you're screaming at each other. Um, and, and it's just kind of a mode of communication. But is there a way to communicate where that doesn't happen uh, very practically? Um, and then how can we be like Christ where uh, a, gentle, a, a gentle response turns away anger and harshness? Uh, and so I just think of that as, as, as one mode. Uh, when we think about living it out, um, model the example of Christ in Philippians 2. Where is Christ calling you to be, um, be humble? Um, and uh, where do you need to grow in gentleness? Look at Christ in the gospel on how those instances of gentleness become a model for yourself. And so it looks, go back to the person of Christ. He is humble. He's gentle. Um, and it's his example that even in um, that even uh, in in Matthew chapter eleven, you know he he says, "Take my yoke upon take my yoke upon you and learn from me." You know we have a lot that we can continue to learn from Christ. I say this all the time. You want you want one advice for great for a great relationship with Jesus. Read read the Gospels. Read the Red. Go back to them continually and be captivated by the man from Galilee because that nothing is going to change your life like being captivated by the person of Jesus. So spend time reading the Gospels and just saying, God, my life should reflect this because the call of every single disciple is to reflect their rabbi in, in every way, shape, or form. So when I look at my life, how is my life looking more like Jesus's every day? And one of the areas that it needs to do that is in gentleness. And so I need to look at my life, take inventory and say, Lord, where am I not being gentle? Where am I rough? Where am I a little too sharp? And God, I just need you to begin to smooth that off with your Holy Spirit sandpaper and then just begin to mold me and shape me into your image and likeness because you're the potter, right? And I'm only the clay and I need to be molded and, and to model myself after you. And so finally, uh, take some time, share your prayer requests with one another, pray with one another. I'm gonna say this continually. We want every single group to be a praying, reading, worshiping, and caring community. And I think one of the greatest areas where you can care for one another is in prayer. And that fulfills really one of the primary purposes is that you're praying together. You're taking time to read scripture together. And ultimately, you're just joining together in this great harmony of living out what, what, the, 
what the Bible continually commands us to live out is that one another is a scripture. Love one another, pray for one another, care for one another. You can only do that. Well, one of the primary places that you can do that rather is is in groups, and that's what groups are all about. It's about living out the one another's of scripture with each other. So that's all for for tonight uh, and for today. Uh, I also sent out an email to you. Um, and just wanted to see if you're interested in leading a small group next season. Uh, and you can lead it, like I said, in any capacity that you'd like. You can either continue doing sermon follow-up stuff. And if we get enough people, I'll continue doing the podcast. Uh, and uh, number two, uh, you can kind of lead something that you're interested in leading. Maybe there's a book of the Bible that you want to read together. Maybe you say, ah, let's just go through Philippians together. And we're just going to kind of study it. And I could provide you with any kind of resources that you need for that to help you along. Also, uh, you may say, yeah, there's this Christian book that just came out by a speaker. Maybe you want to do a Francis Chan book or something like that. Totally cool. Just let me know which book that you're doing. uh, And then let me know if other people can join you on the journey uh, with you. Maybe you want to do Financial Peace University, looking for small group leaders to do financial peace. So if you're interested in doing that, totally open and willing to to do that. Uh, Or you could say, listen, uh, it's been great, Bobby. But I'm taking a break. Uh, you know, we'll meet for a barbecue or something like that over the summer once, or maybe we'll go out and do an outing. But uh, I'll see you in the fall. No problem. Summer's a great time to take a pause. But if you want to keep going with your group, I also encourage you to do that. I think it'll be really beneficial to you to just continue to do that together. So let me pray for you. And uh, we got one more week together in this series. It's been great. Uh, and I'm super excited uh, about the close uh, next week. Daryl Strawberry bring in the word about self-control. I think it's going to be a powerful moment. So God, I'm thankful for every single small group leader here. I pray that even now, God, you'd pour out your Holy Spirit upon them, that you'd touch them, that you'd fill them, that you'd anoint them with with your love, with your mercy, with your grace, and the ability to lead and teach and guide and facilitate their group so that the conversations would be flourishing and that and that they would lead ultimately to life change. Because, God, we want to see people's lives change. We want to see people grow in relationship with you, grow in their understanding of you, see them as they read the word together, coming alive. We just want to see you move in such a powerful way in answered prayer. So I pray as prayer requests go out, God, that you'd answer things in powerful ways, that whatever people are walking through, God, you'd show up and show off and transform situations, that chains would be broken, that lives would be set free, and and, and just new, new birth and new creation and new life would just flourish in this group. So Holy Spirit, come and just anoint and lead and guide. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. It's been a pleasure and uh, look forward to seeing you next week for our final week as we're talking about self-control. Thank you and God bless.